0: God, it's cage. I'm seeing Cage's actual balls. Damn it!
1: I ain't done a goddamn thing! vehicle. Hey truck! You better look for someone else to bad one! Can I get another? Put your hands on you your, 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 your hands! Okay, I'm gonna hurt you! Put your hands on your back! I
2: guess if I try well, now you're gonna get
0: shotgunning out of bed for
1: huh? Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of Uncaged. We are 68 days in the cage so far tomorrow of course being a very exciting day for everyone involved I am Ben Pollard and once again I am joined by my very good friend and esteemed colleague Daniel Fisher as we battle against Nicolas Cage for 100 days straight in a bid to I was about to say the bid to find out, and then I was hoping I could finish that sentence. But I'm still not completely sure what the main objective of this is. I Daniel, think
0: uh, early on we had so many ideas about uh, trying to... It's almost like trying to justify it, and I think I'm just over it. This is a bad idea and I'm learning nothing. <laughs> I'd love for it to kind of come full circle around the kind of like 80, 90 point, and then I'm just like, wow, I'd, I've actually taken loads away from this. But I, I don't think I'll truly know until i'm let out of the cage and i i go just a day just 24 hours without seeing his face and i'll be able to really pinpoint what i've learned but the closer we get to it maybe that's uh, the real th-
1: lesson is to reestablish the parameters <laughs> of the word freedom the,
0: the closer i get to that freedom the more i'm forced to almost believe that i've learned nothing and this has been a huge waste that's that's the energy that i'm bringing into today
1: <laughs> well, fortunately, we have someone to help us decipher this, and hopefully someone can inject some more energy into this low-tempo episode we've started so far. We're very pleased to welcome our very special guest. It's Kieran HD.
2: Hello, mate. Hey, everybody. Thanks for having me, and thanks for continually chipping away a little bit of your sanity so that we can all uh, maintain a bit of ours. Uh, yeah, I think maybe, maybe that's,
1: that's the few. I've had, a few, I've had the... a few people say vicariously they feel like they're going mad from listening to it. <laughs>
0: So... The thing is, though, is that those people can just stop listening. You know what I mean? That they're—it's—it's self-inflicting in different ways, isn't it? Because we've kind of put our pride on the line. They're just doing it for fun. <laughs> this is a podcast that no one is forcing anyone to listen to. No one is forcing <laughs> us to make it. And
1: I—I
0: don't know how this is still happening.
1: Yeah. Neither. I
0: was so sure. I was quietly confident that you were going to throw in the towel around thirty. Oh
1: wow! Really? Okay, <laughs> and, interesting. I would never, ever give you the satisfaction. No, no, and you know <laughs> I wouldn't give you
0: that either. But I, I really thought there was going to come a point where something was going to come up, and I didn't think I thought we'd get a month in and just go good innings. Yeah. But yeah, this is it.
1: We're on the final month. And um... Kieran, you've known Dan and I for uh, <laughs> quite a long time between us. I- I'd be interested to get an outside perspective. Have we lasted longer than you expected when you first heard about this project? Is this about on track?
2: Uh, so when I first heard about it, I was like, I wonder how much, whether they've recorded any in advance. And then I was just kind of like, yeah, if they're literally doing this day by day, then they're giving themselves no respite and they might actually burn out a bit quickly. Um, I did think that, Um, there may be like a a brief gap like a day or two but it has been surprisingly well kept and I I don't know like it takes they say it takes like 30 days to kind of get into a routine and then 90 days to make something a habit so I don't know if it's helped kind of ground you a little bit as well
1: it's gonna become a habit
2: (laughs) (laughs) if we get to the
0: end of this and all I can take from it is that I then start watching them all in reverse that I I don't want to live
1: anymore (laughs) <laughs> yeah, man. Do you think it's going to be like when people try to give up smoking and it's just, it's the habitual nature of it that is the thing that they really miss? Am
0: I like? going to start posting onto Twitter how many days it's been since I've seen Cage? <laughs> 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 I've been Cage free for two months.
2: <laughs> Day 15 out of the Cage, is like, I strangely want to go back. It's like the island in Lost. It <laughs> <but> really <you> just... <laughs>
0: But Cage is that permanent weird polar bear that's attacking you and never explained.
1: Yeah, it feels a little bit like that. But uh, today, I'll admit, a little less so. But that's just a little teaser for the conversation we're going to get into. Before we do that, Kieran, I'd love to know a little bit more about your previous, your current relationship before today with Nicolas Cage.
2: So... I had to go through uh, the, the filmography and kind of see what was the first one that, like, sticks in my mind. And I think the very first Nicolas Cage film I saw that I can remember was me and Andy Halloway went to see Matchstick Men in the cinema. And, oh, sick! And we both that's thought it tight. was crap. What? <laughs> really?
1: Oh, that's a, that's a great
2: movie! That's well, one, of the, one of the few shining lights along this whole way. I think. I think... We were like... What, what year did that come out? Was that 2000... 2000...
1: I would say six off the top of my head. Yeah. Right so, so we would have it been two thousand three. Like
2: oh, oh well, right wow. yeah so we would have been young so maybe if we went back to it now with a kind of adult lens and just be like oh you know what that was actually good but maybe we were just too stupid to get it
0: that oh. makes me really <laughs> worried about what I mean we're obviously not reviewing these films but we come out with opinions but I wonder how jaded those opinions are based on the kind of thing that we've become accustomed to mm. maybe so It in my head Matchstick Men is one of the most enjoyable films that I've seen in recent memory but in right. is that just in relation to this mound of shit that I keep piling on? Yeah, what have you been measuring <laughs> it against? Of, of films that we've been... Yeah, that's that's the thing. When you put it up against all these other films, obviously it's good. Mm. But is it? does it actually stand out in its own merit? Like, does it actually have its own legs?
2: Yeah, I've had a similar thing. Like, this lockdown, I, uh, a group of friends did, like, a Netflix party, and then every Saturday we'd watch a horror film. But... They were just, they were all shit horror films. And it was, you know, kind of jokes for the first weekend, second one. And then I was like, you know what, I don't think I actually like films uh because i just hadn't i'd seen deadfall i'd seen ghost rider i'd seen non-stop rubbish horror films and i was like i thought i used to like cinema and then my my brother this was like shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. then my brother sat me down and we watched true romance and i was like oh no i do like films i've just been watching awful ones <laughs> uh,
0: no, i know i can completely appreciate where that's coming from it's, i'm a huge film fan and Ben has even been saying a few times the amount of feedback he gets that's just I can't believe how much Dan hates films. And it's just it's literally just tearing away at my will to watch anything. <laughs> like I can't wait to just sit down after this and watch something that actually is good. And I I, I I'm not sure what that's gonna be yet, but I'm really excited to kind of see I, I mean that's well, I'm probably just
1: gonna watch National Treasure again. But... <laughs> <laughs> I mean it would be Okay, let's talk about the film we watched today, shall we? And let me just uh, let me try set the tone here by saying this was a nice return to form. Mm. This was fantastic. Yes,
2: Kieran. Uh, Yeah, from from the director David Gordon Green, the man who brought you hilarious stoner comedies like Pineapple Express and Your Highness, what uh, came through with a really great, yeah, comes comes through with a real gritty film about alcoholism and child abuse. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, just... Uh, when I was looking at other films he'd wow, done, like, right. that really stood out. It's really interesting
1: that, that Cage often seems to be the catalyst for these directors doing these films. I don't know if it's the two come together. I don't know if Nick Cage gets on board and then they shop it to the director and they go, OK, Nick Cage, he's got the range for this. Or if it's the other way around and the director gets it and they're like, who do you want? But mm. a few of those... He's done a bunch of left turns that way. I mean, Dan, what was the one we did recently where Oh, we watched Season of the Witch and the guy that directed that was the same man that had directed the music video for the instrumental Top Gun theme. Oh, God, and yeah. You've got to wonder what the chicken-egg <laughs> scenario was there, whether he got on board and recruited Cage or if, I, you know what, I will never be able to answer how he ended up getting involved.
0: <laughs> when we did The Weatherman and we found out it was the same director as Pirates of the Caribbean that was the one that threw me for fucking six <laughs> but we talk about um the range of cage here he's gone on the record to say that this is as naked a performance as he'd ever given this is the character of joe is as close to him as he ever has to be he said he didn't have to act and i just wonder at what point you're willing to admit that because as much as he <laughs> kind of is the he's portrayed as the good guy on this he's a horrible fucking bastard
2: yeah, that's what I was, when I read that exact same thing, I was like, wait, like, which part of these are you taking yeah. with you? And which ones are you leaving behind? Because Joe isn't it through and through a good guy. He's a drink
0: driver. He lets his dog murder another dog. You know what I mean, he's essentially stolen this kid off of this other guy. I mean, the other the other guy's yeah, obviously a, worse, but we're looking at two evils here.
2: Yeah, he's a womanizer. He's he's potentially a, it, it's hinted at that he's a deadbeat dad. Like, it's.
0: I mean, let's let, let's really talk about um what he is at this point because I didn't quite understand his character. Can
2: I just touch a little bit on the? Uh, so I know I read the same thing about him saying that this was a naked performance. He didn't really have to kind of uh, put a lot of acting into it. Um, but at the same time, contradictory to this, he turned down two big budget films the Expendables oh, yep. 3 and Killing Season to prepare for this role. Well, if this is a naked role and you don't really have to act, you don't really need to prepare
0: for it. But how wild is it that he, he turned down uh, the opportunity to work with some of his heroes like Sylvester Stallone? <laughs> yeah. You know, he could have been in that with Harrison Ford and, and um, Schwarzenegger and all of these huge, huge names. Hmm. And he, yeah. he he turned it down to make sure. That's Joe. not the Cage way. <laughs> and we'll, we'll we'll talk about the budget in a little bit. But the the comparison between what was going into The Expendables three and Joe, I've got to say, absolutely fair play to Cage on this one. To mm. the money, we've always speculated that the money has steered his decisions, and it, and it isn't. Mm, he is yeah. a lo- he's clearly a lover of film. He's a lover of acting. And as much as this is a naked performance, I do think he brings a lot to it. Mm. But. Let's not review the film. Yeah, whatever we do. <laughs> whatever we do. I'll be cutting about. people off the moment I hear it start to come about.
1: <laughs> well, maybe that's a good way to start off. Kieran, why don't you walk us through what happens in the film Joe, starring Nick Cage as Joe.
2: Okay, so it kind of begins with uh, a scene that you're not sure whether it's a flashback or a flash forward. It's these uh, a drifter and his son sat on a railway track. Um, and he's just calling his dad out for being like a deadbeat and a drunk. Yes. That no matter where they go, like there's always problems. And, that, you know, one day he's going to have it coming. And the dad's kind of sat there and he's kind of looking, wallowing. And you don't know in that moment, like, is this is this dude broken or is, is he, well, what's he going to do? And then he just turns around and just slaps the son. And you're like, oh, okay, yeah. right. That kind of sets the tone. And then he walks off kind of you know reinforcing the idea that they don't really care uh, about him walks up a hill and then just gets the shit kicked out of him by some guy and we don't know at that point like is this cage is this not cage so it's interesting as the film kind of continues we're like is is this what way round is this film going um from there um we we find Nick Cage as Joe. Um, He kind of lives a very rural American life. He manages uh, a bunch of wood poisoners who go out to forests and kill trees so that they can be knocked down uh, for development. And uh, the young boy, Gary, comes across Nick Cage and says, hey, uh, me and my dad want a job. So he gets the puts the kid to work. The kid seems to have a good attitude towards work. He's, he's labored for a long time. And then uh, he goes back to his family. His dad's passed out drunk. He delivers the good news to his mother and his uh, sister. And then he brings his dad along uh, the next time there's a shift, but his dad's just useless. He doesn't have the strength. He's just arrogant. He looks down on everyone that he works with. Um, and then... After that, Cage is like, nah, you know what? I want nothing to do with you guys. Um, just don't bother turning up again. Then he witnesses uh, Joe uh, Gary's father just beat the shit out of him and take his money. And then he's a bit like, oh, God. Like, And after this, uh, Gary feels a little bit abandoned. Um, so he, he kind of seeks out Cage for help and says, look, I still want to work with you and Cage kind of, leans into him a bit more and is like okay well I'm, I'm gonna try and help you out but like your dad pretty much lost cause and then there's con- constant fighting his dad's just a massive arsehole um
1: we've seen a lot of bad on-screen dads throughout cage's career and he plays them very often but yeah it's got to be said this is probably the worst dad of any of these films this guy <laughs> I don't know if we even really get a, a name for Gary's dad, but... No, it's Wade. The guy yeah, it's fucking Wade. Yeah. sucks. Hated him so much.
0: Mm. I mean, yeah. it was one of those characters where normally you kind of watch these and think, he's going to turn it all around, he's going to learn his lesson, and there was never a shadow of doubt in my mind that this guy was just a dickhead to the end.
1: He just mm. gets... Mer- worse and worse and more and more evil and more depraved uh, to the, the final scene, the climax of the entire film where we realise that the reason that Gary's sister has been silent the whole time is just for the years of abuse that she's got by Wade's hands mm. and he is literally like abducts his own daughter and tries to sell her body for not a lot of money to some awful other men and like, oh my god, he's the worst. He's yeah. awful. Like it's it's hard to even like joke around because it's and it's brilliantly played. The guy Mm. that plays him does such a good job of just looking disgusting and acting (laughs) terrible and like you don't rule off that there's any bad thing he won't do, but fuck me. I love the idea that
0: this guy's like really gone in on this role and what we're taking from it is Wow Gary Potter you are great at looking like a piece of shit here. You <laughs> really you've really, <laughs> yeah. really dialed this one in. This is exceptional. Probably the best piece of shit I've ever seen.
2: <laughs> yeah. Like, I, did you guys do a, like afterwards when i saw the film i was like oh I'll do a bit of research i typed in fun facts and i was like cool let me go find some fun facts about i'd the love film. to know if
0: there's fun facts about this
2: <laughs> there it, there are not fun facts about this film it quickly turned into facts about the film
0: <laughs> yeah that doesn't surprise <laughs> me
2: <laughs> yeah because yeah, gary poulter like wasn't an actor Like he wasn't. I I tried to see what he was in previously, and like this is the only bit of acting he's done.
0: Yeah, he was an extra in one episode of thirty something in 1987, and then this Mm. is his second (laughs) acting credit, which is like what? That's (laughs) I can't do maths, but that's a long
2: time from 1987, you know, to 2013.
1: He but spent like, the entire time getting
2: into character. Well, that's what well, honestly, he 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 was actually homeless and actually an alcoholic. So oh, there wow. there were real uh, criticisms about whether they should be casting this person within that role because they were like, "Look, we don't think that it's necessarily healthy to tell this story for someone who Kind of has lived it. Who and is still living it. He's still homeless. He's still an alcoholic. Um, Cage said when he came on uh, set every day, he was clean and he he always remembered his lines. And Cage even reached out and said to him, like, "Hey, I know you, if you can keep your if you can keep everything together for a year, like when this movie comes out, your phone won't stop ringing." Like you did a really good job. It's going to be really cool. But uh, two months after this film uh, concluded. And they finished filming. Uh, he was found dead in uh, shallow water.
1: Oh my God! Yeah, so Jesus that,
2: Christ! That was before the movie even came out. So, man,
1: oh I God, I crazy. didn't
0: think this could get any more bleak than talking about the film, and it turns out even talking about things around the film are fucking horrible.
1: Mm. Fucking hell! What a PR campaign! <laughs> yeah, right. It's like Dark Knight Two. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Uh, let's talk a bit more. Oh, so just on the subject of talking about Gary's, I just wanna and this is I promise the closest I'll get to reviewing the film. Alright, you're on give borrowed a shout time here. to the kid, the kid that plays Gary, uh, the young boy in this film, is amazing. He's so mm. good in this. That's Ty Couldn't Sheridan. He's really, yeah, yeah, really fantastic. Some other stuff, But I don't think I'd seen him ever play anything like this. And man, he is so good in this film. But that yeah. that's it. I just wanted to give a quick shout out.
0: It's uh it's someone that I have seen in other films, always kind of playing kind of passive roles. This is the most complex role we see him take on.
1: Absolutely,
0: And yeah, again, not wanting to review the film, but absolutely fair play. for For a young actor, that was a, an incredible performance. I mean, frankly, I don't think there's any bad performances in this. I think yeah, ev- everything I was, like, I was so Yeah, the
1: whole thing. Yeah. Mm. Considering yesterday I could not have been more disrespectful to the film which was disrespectful of me because it's based on actual events but like just hated the way they put that film together couldn't stand to look at it. I could barely look away from the screen this. I like mm. the opening chapter of this film. I just like I just adored like spending time with Joe and all of his the people that work with him and seeing his relationship with Gary grow at the beginning. Like I was having a, a, a genuinely really fun time with all those characters and learning about their world and how it all works. Mm. Let's talk a bit more about Joe. Kieran, I'd love if you give me some takes on our man. What do you think of him?
2: So I think uh I think he's uh He's one of these people where I I feel that he's really fucked up in the past and that he tries to kind of reconcile himself through the work that he does. others. like when he goes back to his house, he doesn't have like anyone there waiting for him. He he goes to to brothels. He goes and gets drunk and he kind of sits in front of the TV. He He has a kind of girlfriend who comes around, but even when she kind of shows him affection, he doesn't really reciprocate it. Um, And then later on in the film, we get, uh, after he's uh, come out of the prison, he's sat down having a conversation with the chief of police. And the chief of police says, oh, you have a new grandson. And this is quite, Mm. this is quite towards the end of the film. And there's been no indication that like, Joe has a family. family. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I, I didn't know. And it's like, yeah, I saw him over here. So that's where I was kind of like, may, that kind of explains why he's maybe taken Gary under his wing a little bit. Because he's maybe he was a deadbeat dad and his kids don't speak to him anymore. And they're off doing their own thing in their life. And he's like, I see kind of where I maybe failed as a father, a, a chance to kind of redeem myself. Um, which is why he kind of makes the effort to, to almost... Uh, teach Gary his ways and teach him how to smile really weirdly and drive a car and (laughs) stuff like that
1: That montage sequence is, although tinted with like kind of seediness, I really, really enjoyed it. I found it like really sweet that this man who clearly doesn't have much of a skill set for being a father is really trying his best to just impart what little wisdom he has onto this young person that has like no role model in his life at the moment. And yeah, I completely love that scene. One of the
0: first lessons that he gives him, he teaches the boy how to drink (laughs) dry. Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) He literally just gives him a bit... The kid asks if he can buy a beer off him, and he's like, friends don't buy you can You can drink one of these beers. just gives him a fucking beer as he's driving. And I'm just like, what? It's rural America. No one's on the those roads. The kid's 15. Oh, my God. There's, there's so many moments in this where I kind of fell for what the film's doing here and kind of making you go... It kind of romanticises the idea of Joe as kind of turning his life around and like becoming this role model and this father figure. But does he actually at any point? Or is he just kind of, he just happened to be there? I think it's... Because there's there were so many points where I just thought, this is not a role model. This is not good parenting in any way. The only thing he can really do is be there to stand up for the boy. Mm. Which, I mean, that's great in one what, in what element. But when you, are I mean, for one, don't listen to anyone with that many tribal tattoos. <laughs> He didn't have too many troubles. He had tough
1: guy tattoos and a pantera shirt. Yeah, he looked like all of the members of the Slayer touring crew that I (laughs) met last year. (laughs) Like he was, he was all of them at once.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah, I, I clocked the pantera shirt. I just, I'm pretty sure at one point
1: we hear him listening to Wes Cage's actual band for like two seconds. I was trying to find out about that,
0: but I couldn't find anything about it because that's what I thought as he pulls up to the store but um exactly right. yeah there's there was just so many moments like the way he treats his dog was and the way he treats what is, you assume is his wife or his partner I, I i really can't get behind this guy i mean i love how it's played it's a great film this guy sucks yeah and this is something that i need to know right because this is something about this character that i couldn't put my finger on but is it trying to make you buy into the idea that he has to have sex to calm him down when he's angry.
1: I mean, let's talk about that scene.
0: It keeps, it keeps coming about where every, every time he seems to go to this brothel and each time they're like, oh, what's happened now? It's like, oh, Joe's angry again, so he's gone to go see the prostitute. Like, why is that? And you know, it's the only
1: way in that one scene that
2: can calm him down. Well, well no, I, I think he has, he, he's he never learned
1: to- the art of masturbation.
2: I think what actually calms him down <laughs> is fighting the police. Because like when he punches the guy, when he punches Willie in the bar, he says call the police, and then he drives straight round to the brothel, gets a quick blowy, which I timed was thirteen seconds point like long. Yeah, let's (laughs) um, let's quickly dissect that. Oh yeah, let's let's go back into that because
1: that has got to be one of the most unusual. I mean, we this time last week Dan and I watched a sex scene in which Nicolas Cage is fully clothed. Sunglasses on, with a cigar in his mouth, motionless, making a woman ha- make all sorts of noises. This is up there with the strangest sex scenes of uh, a Nick Cage movie. I've got to say.
2: What Yeah,
0: and I mean, nothing really is the icing on cake uh, 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 more than cage immediately after after you say it, it's it's less than 30 seconds just finishes in her mouth and just goes oh, i beg your pardon
2: but before it I even what pardon. the fuck just happened So before it even goes down like he knocks <laughs> yeah, on the door through. so he, he knocks on the door and the dog's barking at him he's really pissed off drives around to his house grabs his dog goes back to the brothel lets them fight goes upstairs he's like oh you have any pets he's like oh yeah have a cat it's like oh what's she called Missy. it's like Ah, oh, what's your favorite color? Red. And then he just goes blow me.
1: <laughs> okay. Okay, blow me. We've got to know
0: each other enough, I think. That's the appropriate level of small talk. <laughs> but how how horrified were you both as he uh, as he walks up the stairs and it gets um you get that shot of one of the other rooms of the brothels <laughs> yep. where you see the back of a guy <laughs> yep. having sex with a lady completely naked. And I was like, oh God, it's Cage. And I kind of like, just I kind of wince to look away. But you could just see a fucking, what we didn't need the sack shot. I
1: was just like, <laughs> there was Man, so Cage much just got behind ball ass. But then it turns out <laughs> yeah. to not be him. <laughs>
0: But that—that's what I was so horrified. about. I was like, "Oh God, it's Cage. I'm seeing Cage's
1: actual balls."
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thank God it wasn't. But <laughs> you've got like a weird, like fatherly relationship. It seems like with him, where you really squirm away from that stuff. But I got—yeah, I'm a bit of a cage perv at this point
0: (laughs) I just don't like it he's not the kind of actor I want to see in a sex scene (laughs) there's not many actors I want to see in a sex scene to be honest I find most of them to be cringy there's there's very few but (laughs) Cage is definitely not one of them
2: has he lost the four for you then?
0: I think just after I think after 68 days of just one guy I think anyone's going to lose the four factor (laughs) but let's be honest in this movie he's not really bringing it
1: (laughs) (laughs) my girlfriend feels the same way about me
0: (laughs) Like uh, early cage days, I feel like he was trying. He was ripped. You know what I mean. He if he wanted to hang some sack there, and this, I would have gone man. for it. He looks strong. He looks strong, but he's got that kind of. He's it, this is pure dad bod. This is He's a granddaddy in this. He's got he's got dad strength. You know what I yeah. mean? You can tell he's
1: strong, oh, but he's he kind of
0: looks like shit.
1: He's got the beard. He's got uh. the grizzles. He's got the shitty tattoos. The the vests. He was doing it for me, and this I really I appreciated this look on him in a big way.
2: Yeah, like, his life now is just go to work, go to the bar, go to the brothel, go back home, and, like, rinse and repeat.
1: Punch a few cops on the way.
0: <laughs> I don't get me wrong, I love the character, yeah. and I enjoy the look, but the moment you introduce that look to a sex scene, I'm going to look away. Because <laughs> I know full well that the actual cage doesn 't have that smooth ass <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like a gravel drive oh God it's a fucking sandpaper sack I don 't want to see it that no, doesn't need to be on the screen.
1: one of my favorite moments for this is where cage gets caught blocked by an Alsatian <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> we've oh, yeah. seen the man
1: do that that move to so many people, but to have a dog which we know he loves dogs, and like later on that comes full circle where. <laughs> That she answers the door just before the aforementioned blowjob sequence he opens the door and the dog's there barking at him and she's like sorry I forgot you hate dogs and he goes no I love dogs I just hate this dog this dog's an
0: asshole <laughs> he calls that dog an asshole so many times in this film it's so funny <laughs> before orchestrating the dog's murder and I don't know why I'm laughing about it it's horrible it, that, but that part it's is so horrible ridiculous.
1: But call, calling a dog an asshole is very funny and just the fact that it it's because it literally, like, he's just paid for sex with this this woman they literally just start kissing and then the dog comes in and starts
2: barking at him and <laughs> he's just livid I think for me, my favourite uh, one of my favourite scenes was uh, the one near the end with Willie, who's like this criminal that Nick Cage's character Joe has a feud with and uh, Willie's one of the people who ends up uh, buying Gary's sister from his dad to, to kind of uh, rape, and uh, Gary every time he's in a scene he's like I went through a windscreen at four in the morning and I don't give a fuck like what a fuck he- that's his catchphrase basically <laughs> isn't it he, like, he uses it twice when he's on the bridge with Gary and then he gets his ass whooped by a 15 year old kid and then at the end Such after he's scene. done after he's done begging for mercy from Nick Cage he's like I don't give a fuck I went through a windscreen and Cage just puts one between the eyes like not matter because we're all <laughs> sick of hearing
1: about it just to jump back (laughs) real quick to that bridge scene you mentioned that was also a real highlight of this where this guy what's the guy's name? Willie
2: yeah Willie
1: yeah this creepy guy Willie who's someone from Cage's past where Joe had slapped him down in a bar for whatever unknown reason and then Willie decides to take it very personally and about like a third of the way through this film cage gets shot in the shoulder which really comes out of nowhere by willie and uh later on we see willie on the bridge and he meets gary the young boy character and they kind of have this back and forth and then it's made very apparent very quickly by his willie's incessant asking if gary has a sister that he's a creepy dude uh and then he tries to get like a a sucker punch on gary who then just kicks the shit out of him this (laughs) 15 year old kid beating up this creep is great and he He calls him, like, a stupid kid. He says, you think I'm a kid? Motherfucker, I'll beat your ass. And you know it's true because I just did. So good.
0: (laughs) That bit's so... It's so wild how much smack this um, Gary talks in this. This kid talks so much smack to people because he's won one fight. (laughs) But the majority of this film is Gary getting his ass handed to him. Yeah, but
2: that's what's really interesting. Like, it's... So Gary knows how to fight, clearly, and we see yeah. his dad kick um, his ass loads of times. He just takes yeah,
0: he just, it. just he never yeah. fights back with his dad, and that's yeah, the... Exactly,
1: that's it, man. Like, Willie's definitely more physically strong than his, like, wretched father, who's living on a diet of, like, bin scraps and booze, but he won't fight back because it's his dad, and that's, like, basically where Joe has to come in on this, and it was quite an interesting ending bit that you're left wondering, like, is Joe gonna kill... Gary's dad, because that would be probably the best for everyone in this, really. Like, this guy is awful. But, uh, like, will he actually go through and do that because it's this kid he's friends with father? Mm. And in the end, he doesn't have to make that decision.
0: Mm. Um, I'd like to, so I've got a couple of favourite scenes in this. Go ahead. Um, we'll start off with prob- probably what I thought was the funniest bit of the film, where cage buys his new truck pulls up next to and it's never uh, did i miss a point where it's explained who the people that the couple in the car are next to no, him no
1: i don't I mean, like yeah likewise that
0: because i i would have assumed maybe that's his daughter mm. and then like and that's where he's got the granted I mean, is there, there's some weird relationship that's not explained in, yeah, interesting. but they're in this kind of jeep thing that's kind of got like a windscreen and not much else and what i loved about it is cage just flexing his new uh automatic windows and just just doing them doing it up and down because they've got no windows themselves <laughs> yes. he was a huge fan of that flex um another highlight for me was a uh, drunk nick cage explaining to a lady that a lot of dogs look like cows yeah that was <laughs> that was utterly fantastic like, <laughs> i got a dog was it look like kind of like a cow and it's like, that's uh, a bit weird. It's like, it's not weird. A lot of dogs look like cows. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> no, they do not. And I think it can't be understated enough how good the final kind of police interaction we have with Cage is where we have a young officer who's a bit, um, he, he stops Cage right after buying the, um, the new truck. For seemingly no and reason. Yeah, he's just waiting behind he the sign.
1: Get his
0: past. ass handed to mm. him. Joe is fearless. That was in that Scene
1: like the guy is pointing his pistol at Joe's face, and he just walks towards him. He slaps the officer's hat off his face, then the gun, and then the officer's face. And I thought that was surely you would slap exactly, the gun out the hand first. Just it's such
0: a weird. But just olig- that's sick. <laughs> that
1: just amplified like Joe's whole attitude. There, he's that confident in that moment that he's not going to get shot. That he can even toy with this person a bit first, and. I, I, such a badass moment that isn't like it's not played to be like what a cool dude he just stands up for himself and calls the bluff basically very very cool
2: yeah they he I think joe mentions to uh to gary that he's done about 29 months in total for just assaulting police officers like over, over time yeah that's
1: wild. yeah i mean he did 29 months i believe in jail for shooting out a cop's kneecap
2: oh yeah that was it Respect.
1: <laughs> you love
0: to see it. Uh, it sounds like you guys have watched this film quite with an eagle eye. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd like to know just how much you were able to take in as we move into today's round of Quizless Cage. And I would love to know... So you guys remember, is it Cole's store that they... uh like you watching uh, very quoted? closely, mate. Mm. <laughs> I didn't know if this... Uh, Right, fuck you. Right, is... But you know what? I had an easy question for you, Ben. Oh, no. And that's gone out the fucking window. <laughs> when they go to the store, I'd like to know what is written above the counter. There's two little quips that are written there in those kind of um I'm not sure how you describe them, those kind of single letter kind of boards where you can put up whatever you want. And they've put up uh, a little quip up there. I'd love to know what it said, Ben we'll start with Ben because he's the one that's getting mouthy what's the matter Ben don't know the answer Um.
1: too busy staring at the cages smooth ass again were we Ben I think it says um, all dogs are cows you couldn't be more wrong. <laughs> Kieran,
0: would you like to... Uh, you can buzz in and steal I this think,
2: one. I think one of them, because this, this, this shop was like sponsored by Coca-Cola, is uh, Have an Ice Day. I think I saw that Kieran, one. you're absolutely right. Oh, and I love that. Hey, <laughs> Respect.
1: Jesus.
0: That's, that's it. So uh, that's 1-0, and that's the finishing blow to Ben, who will not be returning to this podcast. <laughs> uh, yes, I agree. Uh, is that what it took all along? Kieran, Kieran, you've just won the right to replace Ben, so I'm sorry, Please mate. no.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're giving Dobby uh, a sock.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what a rubbish sock it would be <laughs> as well.
1: Oh, no. Uh, me. Um, Listen, fellas, we're doing okay of keeping our chins held high throughout all of this and rising above some of the darker moments in this film, but I think it's important we really elevate our chins as high as they can go as we take it in turns to be nice to Nicky. Kieran, let's have you go first, my man.
2: I think, all in all, that Nicolas Cage does a really good job at uh, being quite... uh, containing his kind of usual outbursts. I think that his character's quite composed and those little outbursts which are kind of expected from him, uh, he he only lets out like in one or two goes. I think that the reflection that this was very kind of naked acting maybe reflects a a lot of what kind of people expect from him versus uh, how he actually feels when he's not in front of the camera. So I think that we kind of got a real... Uh, behind the mask in certain moments even if obviously he isn't like to like of the character of uh, what people expect from Joe and Nick and you know who they actually are in their own person I think it did really well at uh, coming across very genuine in in his care for people um, but still kind of holding back whenever people show any kind of care towards him
1: okay sensitive but guarded I'll, yeah I'll accept that Daniel, you got
2: anything for me?
0: Um, it's difficult to touch on much we haven't really spoken about already, because there's a lot of um, a lot we could really dig on this, but what I do like about, uh, and again, I'm going to touch on this whole idea of naked acting and the idea that Cage didn't really have to prepare much. Uh, I think that this is how Cage wants to look in the real world. I think that this is, if he had full control over this, then he got to choose his look. And I know I slated it before, but that's purely on the basis that I don't want to sleep with Joe, uh, but... <laughs> i think it's a solid look i think he looks it for his age and everything like that because i mean how old would cage be in this he must be pushing what 50 how old would cage be when this is made ben 49 49 okay yeah so he's he's just come up to 50 and man if you could look, look like that at 50 absolutely fair play to the oh, guy absolutely. and that's all gonna be nice to him i think he looks great for his age but again i don't want to see a sex scene with him a
1: lot of shots i've seen of of the man out of work I mean this is a guy that he doesn't really take years off so it's hard to it's almost hard to gauge what he looks like when he's not on the clock because he's constantly in some sort of role and probably has to alter his appearance for it but most shots I've seen of him certainly recently he has this sort of more grizzled look to him so yeah I think there's definitely something to that Dan that this is sort of the way he aspires to look a little more
0: yeah, it's, it's maybe the first time we've seen him really pull off that look. And it looks natural. And I think that's what I like about it. It looks like this is how he should look at 50. And I just think absolutely fair fair fucks to the guy. I'd love to look like that at 50.
1: I would like to be nice to Nicky and congratulate him on, on a little power play he does near the end here. We're back at Joe's house and his police uh, chief friend uh, they're having out. He's Nick Cage just, just finds out that he has this this grandson or grandchild all along and they're sort of reminiscing slightly about the police chief you you know they used to be just as bad if not worse than joe is now speaks volumes but there's a a fantastic little power play moment there where while they're having a conversation despite not having any food in front of him Joe says can you pass the hot sauce yeah. uh, just just because he can
0: <laughs> I did wonder what's going on there he's literally got a bowl of ice for what I first thought was his hand because he just punched that cop and I was like okay he's going to ice his hand and he kind of half ices his hand and just goes fuck it and puts his ice in his drink and makes himself another like whiskey and coke and then asks for hot sauce so I was thinking in my head Is he making some sort of tasty beverage, a little cocktail? No, doesn't use it. Of course
1: not. Nick Cage doesn't eat on screen, let alone use condiments. So it was just a power play just to test if they would interrupt their trail of thought to pass in the hot sauce and they did so
0: it's similar to earlier on, earlier on when he um kind of demands a cigarette from the policeman as well <laughs> he he really has a disdain for police in this and i i, I love to see it
2: yeah so the only person he has time for is uh that officer who is also an ex-con from so. the
1: same cloth but will it be enough as we move into what well, i've already set myself up to be a fairly heartbreaking round of cage match The saddest part of this film for me is when Joe's character dies at the end, but not for the obvious reasons. Like his wounds are too great for him to pull through and he can't make it and we've been on this whole journey with him. But (laughs) I wasn't sad for the loss of the character. I was sad for knowing what's going to come up in this segment because I think this could have been one of the only warriors we've... We've seen that could take down this fortnight-long threat that has been terrorizing me. But we've got to play it through. We've got to know, although a technicality is inevitably going to come across on this, it's for pride at this point. I need to know. So, Kieran, we're going to put you in the corner of Joe. Dan, you're going to be in the corner of Ben Franklin Gates as we move into the first round. And let's have our guest, Kieran. You can go first. As we move into the first round, strength.
2: God, Ben Gates has some bloody fists at this point, doesn't
0: he? So yeah. this yeah, this is getting out of hand. This uh before today, I mean yesterday he beat Sergeant Jack Halcombe of the Frozen Ground for his fifteenth straight defeat, and I think now over half of them have been have been killed. Okay. Just fatalities. <laughs> which we haven't seen this before. Okay. Sean well,
1: Bean was a bad influence on Nick Cage, wasn't he?
2: <laughs> okay, well, I think for strength, uh Joe really does it in he's not so He's quite emotionally strong. He can keep himself very composed. He's physically strong. He gets shot. I think a total of four times, totally, throughout the film. He pick, <laughs> he he does surgery on himself to pick out buckshot from his shoulder, cutting himself open with a knife, getting that takes done. <laughs> yep. Yeah, he's he shoots police officers. He slaps the shit out of that uh, of the criminal man and the police officers. Uh, so you know, it's he seems overall like he could body. Someone I would like, want to fight uh, him. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. not.
1: but someone I would I, like I'll to fight. Go... <laughs> <laughs> really? After what he's done, I would love to fight Ben Franklin Gates. <laughs> Throw me in the cage. If, this, if we get, he to the end would
0: annihilate you, Ben. <laughs> but look, here's the reality. I know when I'm beat. Joe is a terrifying <laughs> motherfucker <laughs> when it comes to strength. <laughs> Just <laughs> yeah. and yeah, I I'll happily concede that on one uh, and take the one 0 loss and. I assume now we move into agility because I feel like those points are going to come straight back around. Yeah, let's. As I use your own points against you here, that Joe managed to get shot no, no less than four times in this film. Whereas, you know, Ben Gates he he kidnaps the president, he steals the Declaration of Independence, he's a treasure hunter, uh, risking his life against the other people who are trying to get there and kill him. As uh, in the meantime, to stop him from getting to the treasure, he doesn't get shot once. I don't even think he really gets hit. Damn. <laughs> the guy is agile; he evades everything you could possibly throw at him. Yeah, yeah. and I know full wow that Joe couldn't drive drunk as well as he can around the streets of London.
2: Yeah, <laughs> that
1: that will yes make this a one-all tied game.
2: I, f- I feel that Joe can do anything if he has a beer, but like you, you don't see him. <laughs> but you don't see him rush for anything, really. And uh... no, he's never been
0: in a hurry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a man
2: who works yeah. on his own apart time. Apart from apart from
0: when he's getting blowjobs, he's never been.
2: <laughs> <all>. Oh yeah,
0: <laughs> he just I mean,
2: stands. That's down a big that
1: agility point to me. Sexually say. agile, yeah. <laughs> but that's because he was staring at that snowflake on the wall. Can't finish unless he does. Well, let's move on. Let's move on to round three, oh. likeability, and I'd like for Joe to go first.
2: Okay, so we all know Ben Gates is a boring history nerd, right? So um, Oh B A. It's as well
0: documented (laughs) as the documents he steals. He right, now fuck this, I'm not even waiting my turn. He would have been a better dad.
1: (laughs) No, he wouldn't. He would brainwash his
0: kids into also
1: committing these crimes.
0: But it's not brainwashed when he's telling the truth, is it? <laughs> he was right about everything. What's Joe been right about? He's a drunk. Well, no. He teaches the kid to drink drive straight away. <laughs> would you rather learn how to drink drive would you rather learn about the Freemasons? Joe
2: <laughs> Joe is a leader. He leads people. He's compassionate. I'm surprised you're not rooting for him, Dan, because he beats up cops and he kills nonces. Um, so he's, he's... I, mean, I do love both of those things, but he also spends half the film uh, commanding people to cut trees down. You've got to make a living. I mean, your your mm-hmm. boy goes around and steals stuff for a living. I don't know, you know how healthy you that is. You've got to cut trees to make trees. S- yeah,
0: Ste- yeah. He steals it from the fucking country, though. That's that's a bigger that's a bigger punch to a cop, right there, isn't it?
2: <laughs> take it down the system from the inside.
0: Exactly. Yeah. We know he hasn't got strength. He's using his agility to take down the police.
2: <laughs> but it's but Joe offers salvation to, to so many people to to. Uh, Gary to his mother to to his sister, you know, he gives them a new life. He I am he... going to have
0: to give this one Joe's way. i was, I was going to say I'll happily concede on the basis Joe of is helping... we've often done this on who you would rather have a night out with, <laughs> and I would absolutely love to scull a beer with yes, Joe. Yes,
1: mate. <laughs> you know yes. that's
0: going to get out of hand in such a funny Go way. To a heavy metal. As much bar as I love them. Treasure, the Treasure's going to be there tomorrow, Ben. I'm going out with Joe. <laughs> yeah, Joe
1: is Joe is helping. Other people throughout this. The only person Ben Gates helps is himself. He's doing it for his family. Stop it. No,
0: but he's doing it to clear his family name. It's just, you're just jaded at this point. Yes, I'm sick of
1: talking about this boring fucking loser. <laughs> God, I hope tomorrow's a, a. Oh, go watch Ghost Rider again, you <laughs> can't. <laughs> okay, let's move on to round four and let's talk about appearance. Dan, um, you can go first.
0: Look, you would not get Joe in any amount of scuba gear, let alone in a tux.
1: <laughs> I'd love to see Joe this, in a
0: tux. I would I would love it, but you know full well it's not going to yeah, happen. Yeah, fair enough. He's it's never, it's never happened in his life. He won't even take his, his wife or partner out for a meal. He won't hold the doors open for her. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's not dressing suggesting up. It, he
1: just lies there pretending to be asleep. Oof. Yeah, he's not
0: even going to dress up for what we assume to be his wife. No, that's ben just... Gates is going to dress up to kidnap the president. You know what I mean? He's like, I'm going to kidnap the president. I'm going to look sick doing it, though.
2: Fuck yeah. Yeah, because he's a conformist arsehole. Whereas, you know, (laughs) Joe...
0: Conformist. He's kidnapping the president and you're going to call him conformist. Well, he dresses
2: up for him. Like, I mean, you know, it's it's a bit weird. I mean, we literally just spent about 10 minutes talking about how good Joe looked in this film. Like how he for, ro- for a
0: fifty year old, it, he looks good in the sense of like not he doesn't dress well. He looks like I, I'm saying I'd love to look like Joe when I'm fifty because I'm a piece of shit. He's
2: wearing a Pantera you know what I mean? shirt. If if I would give it straight away to Ben Franklin Gates if he kidnapped the president wearing a Pantera shirt, that would be into <laughs> I wouldn't even say anything.
0: <laughs> mm. I, I'm I'm not sure. About I don't this. know
2: if Pantera would. It's not
1: who looks be. better
2: in a suit
1: were Pantera known to be that Phil Amoncero was a problematic front man at the time this film came out
0: oh I don't think it would have been around the time I think I think all of the signs were there but I think he was called out maybe 2015 I mean Joe at one
1: point is drinking in a bar with a very big confederate flag behind him
0: yeah you throw the likability where you want guys but I'm gonna uh, (laughs) I'm gonna sit here with my treasure (laughs) On the right side of history. Oh, this is a
1: really tough call to make, but I... Go on, make it. Oh, I'm going to give it Benny Frank Gates' way. Oof. Scuba but, suit into yes. tuxedo that's bone dry is just legendary. Mm. He has a lot of... I don't love him, but I respect his range of tan suits. Uh, yeah, I, I he, love he's, Joe's got, he's look. got
0: a more complex don't outfit, Don't get me wrong,
1: I but I think he lacks a little in versatility comparatively. That makes this a tied game. Let's move it into the fifth and final round, the tiebreaker right here. Cage. Kieran, let's just go scene for scene here. Kieran, let me know your best cage moment that we see from Joe in Joe.
2: So Joe's driving down the road and he sees Wade, uh, Gary's father, at the walking down the side of the road. He kind of lets him in and he gives him a cigarette and you know, Gary has said to his dad, like, oh, I'm not making any money when really he's hiding it from him. And so the dad's like, "Oh, you're not paying my son." He's like, "Of course I'm paying your son. Like he's a good boy." And then the dad's like, nah, he's a piece of shit." And then Cage is like, "You yep, know, I'm just gonna give it to you straight." And then just throws his bottle right at the windscreen and grabs him, pulls him in close. He's like, "If you ever fucking hurt that boy, if anyone hurts that boy, I'm gonna fucking come for them." And then kicks him out of the fucking car. Like that I'm was my knock favorite. Out the little
1: teeth you have left in that mouth. Yeah. Yeah, that bit was badass as fuck. Yeah. But,
2: but yeah, you're right. Weirdly enough, before he does
1: that he like gets some water splashes it on his hands washes his face first and then like then starts shouting at him and i thought that was like it was like a ritual process and like we've kind of said before i think joe is a character that knows he has anger issues and he he takes that out at the brothel so to speak and not even so to speak literally um but this time he was like there's no time for that i just need to wash my face
2: Mm.
0: I do love that and that's something that really is pure cage I don't think another actor could have tackled it that way I feel like that was like a cage ad lib and you can kind of see that like Wade's literally waiting to get almost like verbally assaulted and it's the pause beforehand where he does kind of calm himself down and then lays into it it is such undiluted cage I loved it
1: the dog just barking in the background the whole way through just behind a, a tiny bit of glass behind the other guy's head just seals the deal
2: yeah, and you know, from the man himself, this is a very naked performance. It's very close to to not the caricature of Cage, but to Cage himself.
1: Daniel, what you got for me? I got a couple of couple of points.
0: <laughs> Bangers and mash. <laughs> Bubbles <laughs> and squeak. <laughs> Smokey or
1: pipe. <laughs> <laughs> Haggis. I wish I could be angry. That's and the most frustrating one... thing about this.
0: <laughs> there, there's one other thing that he's got. Even though, hearing about there? it
1: after <laughs> over two weeks now, it always puts a smile on my face.
0: It never stops. <laughs> oh, being... The God. moment this stops being funny is the moment Ben Gates is out of this competition because it's all that's kept him I in. Wish I, I, don't think
1: I wish I could be mad. but
0: But look, the reality is of this situation... Is that Ben's got a lovely bunch of coconuts. And here they are standing in a row small ones, big ones. Some, Ben, some they say are as big as your head.
1: Ben Gates wins.
0: And there we go 16 in a row. And it's another kill shot, it's a fatality. You love to see it. And we also love to see... Well, at least
2: it wasn't a perfect...
0: No, no, it was. It wasn't. It didn't completely flawless victory here. We haven't had one of those in a it's while. the most
1: frustrating thing. He always just wins. He always just wins. But the and thing is, that- if
0: it comes to cage, he's not going to lose. Exactly. That's the problem. Yeah. You've got to finish him quick. But how are you going to beat him on agility? How are you going to beat him on... The, the, you have to be able to get three of those out of the first four. And I just don't see it being possible for a long time. Oh, we man. are going to see, as we move into 2014 tomorrow paul mcguire from the film rage is going to be taking him on uh do we know anything about this film guys no yeah i'm looking at this now it doesn't give too much away uh from the movie post of it it's cage stood in front of like a wall of knuckle dusters and knives what? and it just says the, the past never stays dead so i think this is maybe maybe a big battle coming up here i'm going to give you the synopsis that we get here Please. when the daughter of a reformed criminal is kidnapped He rounds up his old crew and seeks his own brand of justice.
1: Oh, so he's seeking justice with Gone in 60 Seconds by getting the crew back together.
0: And you know who's in his crew, it looks like? Go on. Peter Stormare. Of course. One of our favourites. We're also getting Weston is coming in as (gasps) a... Weston's coming in playing Young Cage. Oh, my God. (laughs) Danny Glover's going to be in this? No way all right this, this sounds fantastic yeah
1: okay i've been this is a, before, a, a great way sounds...
0: to spend episode 69 where we'll be watching
1: rage tomorrow <laughs> nice <laughs> so as we move into the closing chapter of this it's important that i bring something up with you kieran and i'm kicking myself for not bringing this up earlier in the show as someone that listens to the program you'll almost certainly be very surprised to hear this but daniel (laughs) and i have recently come into well let's just call it a new employment opportunity where we've been working alongside nicholas cage and his team to to get him some new some new work some new roles you know this is a man that loves acting with a passion uh, so I wondered if you wanted to pitch your new script for the character of Joe in No, I've lost the name of the film, but
2: I'm sure you'll remind me. Uh to us. Nicholas's Cajuns. <laughs> yeah, not a problem, guys. Uh so I know it's it's the early 2010s. I know your client has recently been, you know, spreading all over the internet, going viral in all these memes, and everyone's making kind of a bit of a bit of a joke, a bit, you know, having having a laugh. Not necessarily at his expense, but it's It's all fun and games, and we feel that your client would really kind of uh, work well with a a more serious role in in a hard-hitting one, so that people realize that he's not this just kind of joke, that he he really has some some acting skills behind him and some serious rigor to bring to a very uh, important uh, role, to a very deep one. Uh, as long as he doesn't do something dumb like teach a child to smile through pain to pick up women we should be good Um, but (laughs) I can't see your client doing anything erratic like that so Um, I've just got a message back from him just wondering
0: is he okay to wear a big prosthetic nose in this one
2: um i can have a word with the uh with the director
0: okay okay I, I know it's something he likes to do especially in roles where he kind of gets uh, to do whatever he likes <laughs> um yeah I, i've noticed a lot in the script that this looks like it's kind of written almost for cage yeah so i'm assuming there was no other actors in in mind so that's why i wondered how how much how much do you really want cage to act on this is he all right to just kind of show up and just do what he wants or are you are you going to be quite strict on what he does? Here? I mean,
2: you you know the guy quite well, so um, I this this character does have some rough edges, um, but okay, um, we feel that he we feel that he can bring a, a lot of his core to the role. Now you'll see by looking at the scripts that those rough edges are a little unpleasant. So if he if he feels that he can relate in some kind of way to those, then it would be great to have his. A personal flair. Um, but if if it reads well and it gels with him, then we would be more than happy. Um,
0: to I've help. just got one final uh, message back from him. He says he's just gone through the script. He loves it. He feels like this is the, it's the role that he was born to play. Fantastic. He's got one gripe with one of the scenes. Okay. Um, he says that there's a sex scene uh, halfway through this film. He wonders if it could be cut in half as he doesn't want it to go on for too long.
2: Okay, yeah, we'll, we'll take it from a 30 second to a 15, not a problem.
0: <laughs> that sounds absolutely perfect. And based on that, we're able to open up $4 million in the budget for this. Wow. Oh, okay.
2: What? Man.
0: Yep, this is an indie. That oh, is wow. um, what, jump chain. I'd oh, love man. to know, Kieran, what do you think... How do you think we're going to do here? Are we going to break even? Please tell me we're going to break even here.
2: There's, there's no way we don't break even here. Like, it, with the budget is reasonable. Um, I know that uh, th- there's a lot... It's a small budget and it's
0: a great cast. We, we're going to do well on this, right? Yeah,
2: absolutely. I, I, don't, I don't see this going badly at all. We have some really good directors on board. The story's there. The acting's there. I, I can't see what could go wrong.
0: See, this is the thing, because I keep hearing all of these these incredible things, but I'm looking at a sheet here that's telling me that we're only making back two million, <gasps> uh, just under two and a half million what? here. Wow. No. It's a one and a half million loss on a four million film.
1: Oh wow, my what? God, really? Yeah. Oh, that's such a shame, it's a good movie.
0: God, I've, I've just got a message from Nick saying maybe we should have left the full sex scene. Oh, wow. we'll put on the director's cut oh, don't worry we'll make money back on blu-rays just
1: to slightly break the fiction that's just genuinely really disappointing to hear i thought this, this was a is what
0: movie. i was trying to get at earlier when we talk about the films that he turned down <sighs> and that's oh. made me respect him so much that he would, would rather have made a four million dollar all in and i know that's that doesn't sound budget in comparison to what he's been doing in and in comparison to other kind of hollywood films that's nothing. And he turned down roles in The Expendables 3, mm. which I'm trying to find out. I'm killing season as well. And I can tell you now that the budgets for those, I mean, the budget for The Expendables 3 alone was $90 million. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and this was, this was at a time where his financial situation wasn't too hard K- Killing
0: though. season, I can, I can understand not wanting to do. They, they went as far as to not actually let you know how much they spent on the film. <laughs> but I can, That's I can tell you that it only there, made Karen. back yeah, just over probably, one million, and I'd imagine that didn't do this well. This is
1: still during the Great Depression, so it's a it's a wonder. Like this is a man who just loves to act. So even though he's not doing as financially well as he has done in the past, it seems like he just didn't care. He just wanted to make this this film, and you've got to really admire that. I really pretty. wish we
2: had we could do like a graph of uh nick's earnings over time and just see which uh, films like line up where just-
1: <laughs> um so listen fellows that's that's about it uh kieran thank you so much for coming on the program man you had some valuable insights there and you've definitely helped to raise my spirits um dan and i have a fairly bad habit of bringing people on the show and just talking over the top of them so sorry if we've done a lot of that however as you probably are aware, we have invented a new segment that we bring onto the show when we have a guest, in which we give you, the guest, a chance to talk about whatever you want to talk about. It's called Gone in 16 Seconds, and your time starts now.
2: Hey, everybody, Black Lives Matter. And right now, it's not enough to be not racist, but we must be anti racist. Take sure to uh, read, listen, understand how structures of racism are put together and supported over time, to bring the conversation to reform to those with the power to do so, and then go on to vote for those people. Thanks.
0: I've let that run over.
1: I wasn't going to cut that one off, to be honest. Kieran, genuinely, thank you for coming to the show, man. Big time legend. Yeah, thank you for having me. Daniel, thank you for your time. A pleasure as always. Sure. Nick, actually, yeah, fair good, play, good, yeah, fair good, play, good film, respect, good effort.
0: We're, we're back. Yeah, Nick's back. We've had a we've had a few days of uh of of, of uncertainty from him, and I I feel like he's back. I feel like he wouldn't do it to us again. He almost certainly wouldn't do it to us again. Tomorrow, <laughs> <laughs> episode sixty nine. Tomorrow,
1: <laughs> Kieran, as you well know, we end every episode the same way with that catchy, catchy catchphrase, and I'd
2: love if you could play us out. Sure, no problem. Despite all my rage, I'm still out with my game. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> See ya. <laughs>